Good morning, everybody. Great to see all of you who are here in Jackson. Let's welcome our campuses today. Would you welcome them with me today? To those of you who are joining us at our campuses in Savannah and Cordova and Henderson today, we welcome you. We're excited that you're part of this day. Uh, my name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor of Love and Truth Ministries, and we're glad you're joining with us today. For all of us who are gathering together today to hear the word of the Lord, we're talking about the subject of what you need you already have. And, and that may sound a little interesting to some of you, especially if this is the first uh, week that you've been here as we're talking about this. But, but here's what I mean by that. The, the Word of God lets us know that when we come into relationship with Jesus Christ, that He comes and lives inside of us. And the Bible says, greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. And so when you begin to understand that, what you find is, is that truly whatever you need, you already have. And, and last week, we began to talk about some, some different aspects. We talked about last week, what is in your mouth? Uh, and that was an interesting question, wasn't it? What is in your mouth? Sometimes some really good things and ever had one of those moments when some things Okay, we're not going there today. That was last week. Uh, but we talked about last week that, that this, the Word of God lets us know that what's in your mouth is power, that there's power of life and death in the tongue, and, and that you have the Word of God. The Bible says the Word is near you, even in your mouth. And we talked about how powerful that the Word of God was, is that as we take the Word of God and we use that and we speak that forth, that we literally can create our future uh, by what we speak. And so we talked about that last week. This week, we're going to continue on. Uh, uh, in this aspect, I want you to get your Bibles today and go to the book of 2 Kings, uh, the Old Testament book of 2 Kings, the fourth chapter. And I want to read to you a couple of verses of Scripture, and, and then I want to talk to you about something else that, that you have uh, within you. 2 Kings chapter 4, uh, beginning in verse number 1, says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Now, now, how many of you know, we'll stop right there for a second, how many of you know that this woman is in a, a really tough place? I mean, can you imagine in this society, uh, she had no recourse uh, with the law if she owed somebody something and she was not able to pay. And this, these may be, according to the Scripture here, her husband has died, so maybe these are debts even that her husband has accrued through the years. And yet, because she cannot pay the debt, they're going to come and take her two sons and they're going to put them in servitude. In other words, they're going to be slaves to the person that, that she owes this money to. And so she is at the end of her rope. Uh, but look in verse number two. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Now, I, I don't think that he asked it in the sense of what shall I do for you. I, I think he's kind of almost uh, a little accusatory in this. He, it's, it's like, what shall I do for you? And then he goes on, tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Now, here's, here's what I want to talk about today. Here, here's my question to you. Last week was what's in your mouth. Today is what's in your house. Verse 2 there, the, the prophet asked and said, what's in your house? Now, here's what I want to tell you that's in your house. Get ready to write one word down, and that is this. Provision is in your house. 
provision is in your house. We'll, sh- we'll find it out here as we move along today. Uh, but, but the Word of God is clear that this woman was in desperate need of provision. Ha- have you ever been desperate for anything? How many of you have ever been in a situation where you were desperate and you just wanted, boy, some of y'all must live really wonderful lives. I mean, some of us have been up against it. So some of us have experienced desperation. I mean, some of us, we have have even prayed prayers sometimes that even if the devil would have answered them, we'd been happy. I mean, we, we, you know, that's, that's really desperate, isn't it? And, and, and this woman is in a place of desperation. Now, here's what I want to tell you today, and that is this, is that when we feel that we are at the end of ourselves, we're just at the beginning of God. When you come to where you can't do anything else and you cannot go any further, that's where God begins in your life. In fact, as long as you can handle it by yourself, He kind of lets you. But when you come to that place where you understand, wait a minute, I can do nothing. In fact, Scripture says you can do nothing without Him. I'm incapable. Lord, I can't, I can't make it. Lord, I, I am in a, a desperate place. Now, I don't know about you, but, but I have found myself in times past in desperate places about provision. Have you ever been in that place where you didn't have any money? Wow. Look around the people who are not nodding their heads. That's who you need to hook up with. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a lot of us who have gone, man, we, we have come against the wall, and it's like we're looking around trying to find out, can we sell one of the kids? <laughs> but we're afraid that that would cost us more than we could get out of them, and so we're, 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 we're kind of struggling with this thing of, Lord, uh, what, what do we do? And, and, and there are many times in our lives where we're desperate for provision. We're desperate uh, for God to show up. But here's what I want to tell you. There's a miracle in every house. Let me say that to you again. There is a miracle in every house. In fact, why don't you look at your neighbor and say, there's a miracle in your house. Come on, do that. There's a miracle. Even those of you watching, there's a miracle in your house today. And, and what, what we don't realize is, is that, that there really is something great that God wants to do. Now, now, here's the deal. God will supply, but we've got to apply. Did you hear me? Uh, I, I can remember years and years and years ago. I mean, this is way back when I was uh, just getting out of high school, and, um, and it was a summer, and, and I, I needed a job. But the problem was is I didn't want to go anywhere to apply for a job. And my mom would ask me at the end of it, did you get a job? And I'm, no, I didn't get one. And, and finally one day she wised up and said, have you applied for any jobs? And it was like, no, I haven't done that either. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just waiting for one to fall out of the sky for me. And, and I found out that if I was going to get a job, I had to, okay, let's not go there. I had to apply for the job. And, and the, the Word of God's quite clear here that this woman had to go to the man of God. Now, I want, I want to tell you something. It's important that you stay hooked up uh, with somebody uh, who can speak spiritual direction into your life. 
It's very needful that you understand uh, that there is something that happens when you come into contact with a person who God has placed there as a spiritual authority in your house. And so she goes back to him and she starts telling him the story. Uh, You know, you remember my husband. He used to work for you. He used to walk with you. He used to uh, be one of the prophets. And he's dead. And and this this thing is, is really a mess. And you know what's interesting to me is the way that Elisha replied. He just goes, so? All right, I know that's not what the Bible says, but that's kind of his impression. He's like, okay, what has that got to do for, with me? In other words, he says, what do you want me to do? Now, I think that he ought to took at least, you know, I'm, I don't have the highest gift of mercy of anybody, but I think I would have taken five seconds and said, darling, I'm sorry your husband has died. Come on, am I the only one that reads these things this way? I mean, he just he, he doesn't say, man, you know, he, whatever his name was, Joe was a really good guy. He was a great prophet. He, he, was, he was a really loyal man of God. He, he doesn't say any of those things. He just says, what do you want? I'll read it. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me what do you have in your house? And, and then as soon as she says, I've got a little bit of oil, the third verse, he says, go. Now, now get this. Everything great starts with something small. The oak tree starts with an acorn. And the, the, you know, even, even Jack and the Beanstalk started with some magic beans. Y'all do still remember that story. All right. Everything great, and and our problem is is that that we're wanting huge things before the small things. We're we're wanting to see, oh, I want greatness, I want wonders, I want signs and wonders and miracles. But I I don't want to realize that it starts down here. And so uh, Elisha said to her, go. Now, now it's interesting to me uh, that he didn't say pray. Let's pray. Isn't that what we do? I mean, somebody comes to you, and, and now if you're real spiritual, now, now some of us don't get this real well because we're not spiritual, but, but if you're real spiritual and somebody comes up to you and says, you know, I'm really going through a time, here's what we do. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, today. And, and we get, you know, we, we get real spiritual. The prophet doesn't say Pray. He doesn't say, let's consider the problem. Let's, ooh, this is, mm, this is bad. This is tough. This is horrible. I cannot believe they're going to come take your... He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, let's contemplate things together. Let us reason together. Let us sit down and figure this out. He just looks at her and he says, Go. He says, go to your neighbors, borrow vessels, and he said, not a few. Now, I want to tell you something. When God speaks, it usually does not make sense. In fact, I've come to the place of almost saying, if it makes sense, it's not God. I mean, I've had God say so many things to me in so many ways, and and I'm going to tell you, 95% of them made absolutely no sense. It's like, really? You, you want me to do what? Now, understand, she owes everybody in the county. And he says, 
gold borrow vessels. Now, I want to tell you, if you owe me $10,000 and you have not paid me for a long time, way past the due date, I don't want you coming to me and say, hey, by the way, I know I owe you money, but could you give me $10,000 more? I mean, at that moment, I'm going to look at you and say, what? I can tell this group's much more spiritual than that. But it, it's in that moment I'm going, what, what is she doing? What, what has she got to be feeling at this moment that Elisha says, go and borrow vessels, not a few? I'm already in debt, Elisha. I already owe everybody. And now you're telling me to go borrow. How do I use that level of, of faith to move in and to receive? Because the end of the story is, is that when she got done doing what the prophet said, that she had enough oil to pay off all her debts and to live for the rest of her life in obedience to what the Word of God had said. So how do we get there? It's real simple today. I'm going to give you three words, and they are A, B, C. And, and they're each going to begin. It's real easy, real, real good. So let's get into it. Look in verse 3. Verse 3, it says, Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere. Everybody, go, go all over. From all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. The A of ABCs is action. If you want to see a miracle in your house, if you want provision to come to you, you've got to be a person of action. Now, I'm going to say something that, that may not help some of you, but, but the truth will set you free, but it will make you miserable first. All right, listen, there are way too many Christians sitting around waiting for God to do everything. In fact, I have determined that most Christians believe in magic, not miracles. You know, God, can you just show up and wave a wand and say abracadabra? Okay, we're, we're Christians. Lord, can you just show up and we'll just say in the name of Jesus? And we think we can just say that and just boom, it's all, okay, woo, it's coming. No, 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 that's magic. That's not miracles. See, miracles always involves God, but it also always involves humanity. If you will, then I will, God says. And so the, the prophet looks at her and he says, you begin to do some things. You go out and you begin to talk to your neighbors. You begin to bring. I mean, can you imagine? Uh, she's outside the door there, and, and she knocks on the door, and the guy opens the door. And, and out back there, you know, at, at, out on the street there is the ox cart. It's got a little Mercedes emblem on the ox head. i got to get some of you somehow. And, 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 the, and the guy looks out the door, and they see all these containers in the ox cart. And, and, and he's going, what are you doing? And she says, you got any empty vessels? Now, here's my deal. If I was, was the man of God, I would have said, go to your neighbors and borrow, borrow oil. All right? Maybe that's my level of faith. I would have said, go borrow oil, and, and then we'll have a seed. You, you, we like to talk about seed. We'll have a seed to grow from. But the prophet said, go borrow empty vessels. He said, you get involved and, and you do something and something else. See, the, you, you've got to do what you can do. I mean, how, how many people are asking God to bless their finances, and God looks down at their finances and said, I couldn't bless your finances if I wanted to. Now, let me explain something to you. God is a God of order. 
And any part of your life that is out of order, God cannot bless. Now, let me, let me give you some words. You ready? Let me give you some words that you need if you want to move into action here. The first word, it's real spiritual. You ready? Come on, I'm going to wait. Are you ready? Here's the first spiritual word, budget. Budget. I mean, I mean, some of us think we're the federal government. We think we can just go in the basement and print money. Let me help you. If you've got more going out than you've got coming in, you're in a mess. Well, I'm, I'm, believe, I'm a tither, brother, and I'm believing God. Listen, God can't out-bless you if you're out of order. So you've got you've to come to that place of sitting down and saying, okay, what is in the house? If I don't know, the reason you need a budget is you need to know what's in the house. If you don't know what's in the house, how can you work with what you've got? Let me give you another couple of words, real spiritual words. Cutting back. You know, Dave Ramsey talks about beans and rice and rice and beans. So, so some of us need to learn to eat that for a while. Well, bless God, I'm not going to eat that. Well, then to quit asking God to bless you. If she would have just gone to her house and said, I'm just believing God for a blessing, she would have gone to prison or at least her kids would have been sold into slavery. She had to be willing to do some things. She had to be willing to make some decisions that weren't easy decisions. They weren't fun decisions, but she was willing to do that. It's so interesting how Christians get so spiritual. Well, hallelujah. This, this series is just going to sell out quickly, I can tell. All right? You, you've got to learn to cut back. I'll give you another word. You, you need to learn to be a tither. Now, why, why should you learn to be a tither? Because tithing is the Word of God, and it's God coming alongside of us and enabling what He's already given us. And so as I am a tither, then I can believe. What am I doing? I am taking action. I am cooperating with what God has done. But, but you've got to come to that place of saying, you know what? What's in the house? And if you're needing provision this morning in anything in your life, but especially in finances, if you're needing provision, what's in the house? You know what? There are, there are some of us who, who could have a really good yard sale. I mean, why do we rent storage buildings? Come on, don't shout. To put stuff in that we haven't used in five years just so we say we've got it. I, I mean, you know, there is a show on television called Hoarders. We're in the middle of remodeling right now, and I walked through the house the other day, and we got stuff laying everywhere, and I said, I feel like I'm living in one of those houses on TV because I'm, I'm pretty rigid about something. It's like, ah. But, but the, the deal is, is that we've, we've got to come to that place, do, do a yard sale, sell stuff on eBay, put stuff on Craigslist, do whatever. Listen, I'll give you a, a, a little guideline for life. If you haven't used it in six months to a year or you haven't seen it, you ought to get rid of it. Well, let's move on to the second part of this. Look at verse 4 and 5. He said, and when you've come in, you just shut the door behind you and you and your sons, and then pour into those vessels and set aside the full ones. 
So she went from him and she shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. First of all is action. The B is you've got to believe. You've got to believe what the Word of God says. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the words of the news anchors. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the words of the prognosticators, hearing by the words of the technical people, hearing by, no, 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 the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So what I've got to do, and that's why we started last week about what's in your mouth, what I've got to do is I've got to find the power of the Word of God and I've got to start living out of that. See, as a believer, everything we do is dependent on faith in the Word of God. If I am really a Christian today, if I'm really, you know, we use that term believer. But are we really? I mean, I I meet so many Christians who believe a lot more in the system of the world than they do in the system of God. And yet, if I'm really going to be a Christian, it means I've got to be a believer in the Word of God. But, but it's more than just believing. James says real faith is not just saying you have faith. He said real faith, he said show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works, by my action. How do I know this woman had faith? I know it because of what she did. She went out, she borrowed the vessels, she came in, she shut the door, and she said, this is what I'm going to do. I am going to be obedient to the Word of God. See, here's the deal. Faith is the ability to believe things that you don't see. You operate every day in faith. You really do. When you get into your car today to leave the house of the Lord, you have faith that it's going to crank. Have you ever gotten into your car and it didn't? Right? Come on. But you don't, you don't think about it not working until that moment. You just have faith that when you turn the key, do you realize that in that combustion engine, think about that, the internal combustion, look the word combustion up, the internal combustion engine, do you realize that in that engine, that you've got a couple of things that they tell you never to mix, and that is gas and fire? Do you know your spark plugs are putting, they're firing, and you've got gas going through that, and as long as it's all right, it's wonderful, but if it ever gets messed up, you'll be on the side of the road, and we'll be passing by, and the fire truck will be there. But you've got faith. But then when it comes to the things of God, we act like we can't exercise that faith. Well, if I don't see it, I don't believe it. I'm from Missouri. Really? Wow. Faith operates at the level of your obedience. I have people tell me every once in a while, oh, Pastor, I have faith for this. And I look at them, and I don't say this, but I think, no, you don't. And the reason I can say that is because of their obedience. You say, well, what do you mean here? Watch this. The Bible says that as long as she had vessels... The oil kept pouring, but the moment that the vessels ran out, 
the oil stopped. Your faith operates at the level of your obedience. If she'd had 10 more vessels, guess what? It would have kept pouring. Now, she had plenty. We'll, we'll discuss that in a moment. She had plenty. But the, the level of her obedience produced her miracle. And so your obedience is tied to your faith. And however much faith you say you have, you have to have that level of obedience if you want to see the power of God and if you want to find provision in your house. Look at verse 6 and 7. It says, Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not any more vessels. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest of it. The third thing that you've got to have, it's ABC, is confidence. You've got to have confidence that what God says he's going to do, that he will come through. And I'll tell you this, my confidence is shown by my action. Will Rogers said years ago, he said, it ain't bragging if you've done it. That there's something about a person of confidence. There's something about a person uh, who, who walks in obedience and then knows what God is going to do. Now, let me show you something as we wrap this up today. My confidence is based on my history with God. You don't start off believing God to raise the dead. Have you ever prayed for anything? No, but I'm believing today. They're going to get up. Good luck. Love you. You've got great audacity, but I'm not sure you have great faith. The Bible is quite clear that faith is like a seed that's planted in the ground and that it grows. And the Scripture says that it grows into finally becoming a, a, such a tree that even the birds of the air can nest in. But it doesn't start there. It starts off very small. Remember, everything great starts with something small. And so your faith starts very small. But as you walk with God, your confidence grows. I, I can remember uh, years and years ago, the, the very first building program uh, that, that I went through as a pastor, uh, what was, was, uh, uh, it was $200,000. And it took every bit of faith that I had and all the deacons and everybody in the church had. I mean, it was, it was so far beyond anything that I could dream of. And yet through the years, we've, we've seen God do such, such marvelous things that, uh, that just, you know, a, a, what, a year and a half, two years ago now, as we begin to move into this process, that, that it was easy for me to believe God uh, for a $5 million project. It, it, it wasn't hard, but I didn't start. If, if somebody would have done that to me at, you know, at 28, 29 years of age, they'd have buried me somewhere. Why? Because my confidence is based on my past history with God. I've seen what God can do. I've seen God perform miracles after miracles after miracles, and so therefore I know that He's able to do that. In your life today, you may feel like that there's nothing in your house. If I were to ask you today, what's in your house? You'd go, nothing, but there is. I promise you, in every house there's a miracle. It's up to you to determine what it is. If I were to ask every person this morning, what's your need? Everybody could find out what their need is. We could stand. We could make lists. We could write paragraphs. We could, we could email all of our friends. These are our needs. But if I were to say, what's the miracle that's in your house? Most of us would say, don't have one. 
And so there, there are those moments where we find our life, and, and, and maybe it's your marriage that you need provision in, or, or, or maybe it's a son or a daughter that you need provision with, or, may, or maybe uh, it's financial, what, whatever it is. You say, Pastor, I don't have anything in my house. My marriage is messed up. There's nothing in my house. Yes, there is. There's still some wedding pictures. And you go pull them out. Hear me. You go pull them out, and you go to that secret place of prayer, and you say, God, I remember the day. Take some action. I remember the day. This was the most joyous day of my life. And God, I'm bringing this to you today. And I'm believing. There's nothing in my house except this picture. But I'm believing today that you're going to bring a miracle into my house. It may be a child who's away from God. And you say, Pastor, I don't have you. I don't even talk to them. They're, they're so far gone. They don't even have communication with me. You, you can remember that day that you dedicated them to the Lord. You remember when the pastor maybe anointed them with oil and prayed over them. And you can go back to that place. And in your mind and in your spirit, you can say, Lord, I don't have anything today in my house. But I need my child to come back to God. And so, God, I'm going into my prayer closet today. And I'm going to bring that moment of dedication of my child to you. And I'm going, come on, somebody needs to hear me. And I'm going to believe for a miracle. You, you may be in that place today that you've come into the house of God today. And, and, and the hardest thing that you did all week long maybe uh, was, was to write out a check or, or to bring an offering or tithes into the house of God. And it, it was tough. And I know, listen, I've been there. The, I, know, I know the Bible says that, that the Lord loves a cheerful giver, but I read the Bible, it doesn't say he doesn't lie, love an uncheerful one either. And, and, and I, have, I have, you know, I've, I've held it sometimes and, and cried over it. Somebody said, what are you doing? I said, I'm watering my seed. And, and you may be here today, and you, you may have watered some seed today. You say, Pastor, I, you know, it's, it's, it's my last $10, or it's my, listen, you, you've got to believe that God can take whatever you have. There may be nothing in the house except, but whatever the except is, is where the miracle comes in. And so I, I, I don't know what's happening today. I, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you are experiencing. The Bible says it this way. It says that when she came in, she shut the door. There's a reason I believe that she shut the door. She only allowed in the people who had faith with her. Some of you need to learn to shut the door. Listen, if you're in a desperate place, you don't need the negative people around you. So some, some of you need, you need to learn to shut some, some people out of your life for a while. You say, Pastor, they're, they're my relative. They're my closest friend. Yeah, I understand. But right now, this is a desperate place you're in. And what you need to do is you, you don't need anybody but positive people. Remember when Jesus went to Jairus' daughter to pray for her and everybody's crying and wailing and saying she's dead. Jesus just says, no, she's not. And he said, oh, yeah, she's dead. He said, no, not. In fact, he says, get out of here. And he runs everybody out and he goes into the room and he only takes Peter, James, and John with him. Why? Well, he didn't want to take Judas in there because he'd be stealing something. He didn't want to take Thomas in there because he'd be doubting it. I, I mean... 
right? He only got those guys who were fired up and said, okay, now let's go in there and let's shut the door. And he says, daughter, arise, and she gets up. And, and it's the same way in your life. You need only those people who can speak into your life, who can bring the Word of God into your life. Shut the door and don't let anybody steal the miracle that God has for you and for your life because I want to tell you there's a miracle in your house.